the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Assurance. When you die, do you have assurance that heaven will be your home? Welcome to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick, a ministry of Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego. You'll hear verse-by-verse preaching that will help you know and love Jesus in a personal and practical way. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 as we learn from the Bible how to have assurance. Romans chapter 8 this morning. Romans chapter 8 in your Bible. It's been a couple of weeks, but we're back in our study of the book of Romans. So if you'll find Romans chapter 8 this morning, and our text will be found in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. If you're like me, you probably like it, as you're finding Romans 8, verse number 14, you probably like it when things work. Maybe you're not. I like it when doors open when I expect them to open. I like it when uh, I go to start my car and it starts. If you've never experienced starting your car and it not starting, it's not a fun experience. Um, I like it when you use your debit card and it gets approved especially after you order, you know? And so I like that feeling. I enjoy it. A a couple of years ago, about two years ago, Debbie and I were traveling. I was speaking somewhere and uh, we got to the hotel that they put us in and it was, it was a fine hotel. I I stayed in regularly and, and uh, we got to the hotel and, and when I travel, when I travel by myself, I'm like a one bag man. All right. It's like a carry on, uh, like a backpack and then I have a roller bag because I have to take my computer and stuff and, and some office work and things like that. My Bible and I pack a big Bible and, uh, um, that was supposed to be funny. Like, oh, get a big Bible. No, I, but I have a Bible. I take my Bible and, and I travel. And, and then I, I, if the church is like a suit-wearing church, I take a suit. If they're not, I'll, I'll be able to pack a little bit lighter. But I, I normally check one bag. When I travel with Debbie, it's a whole different world. When we leave the house, I'm like, did we leave anything? Debbie's like, are you afraid of getting robbed? What would they do? What would they take from us? Our couch? I mean, who's done that before? She's taken everything else. So we get to this hotel. It's she and I, and we have the, the roller bag, and we've got it filled to the top, and, and we get our room. It's always on the f- fourth floor, or almost always on the fourth floor. And so we get up to the room, and you know this feeling when you check into a motel. I go to check into my room, and the key doesn't work. Anybody else ever have that experience? Yeah, like, oh my word, why isn't the key working? And so, so, so if you're like me, you try it again. How many of you try it again? Like, like, oh, maybe I'll get the green light now. Then if you're really like me, like you blow on it, you're like, and you rub it on your shirt. Like, I don't know what that's supposed to do. Like suddenly it works now and I, I put it on there. Nope, still doesn't work. So Debbie says, Debbie, Debbie's sitting behind me and, and she goes, let me try, let me try. So I take her card, I'll, I'll try anything. And so I take her card. Nope, it doesn't work. And I don't know about you, but as a Christian, I find it hard not to be frustrated sometimes. I'm not angry about it. You guys are a hard crowd this morning. Wake up. Um, 
I, uh, I, I, I'm not angry about it. I'm just, oh. So now we got to go down because we have a meeting that night. We got to get in and get changed and get to where we're going. And I'm speaking at it. So I, uh, I, I go down to the front desk. No, the first time, the first one, Debbie goes down to the front desk. She goes, let me do it. You stay here with the luggage. Right on. So she runs down to the front desk. She goes down there. She's gone for about five minutes and she comes back up. Okay. They got two keys. They said that they, that the last ones worked, but she said they guarantee these ones will work. Try it again. Didn't work. So now it's time to send me to do the job. And so Debbie stays there and I go down and I stay in hotels a little bit more than Debbie does because speaking out sometimes. And, and I, I did this. I stopped by the gym to make sure that the card worked. And so I, I didn't stop by the gym to work out. I just, Debbie, you watch the bags. I'm going to work out for a while. And so I stopped by the gym and the key worked. So I went to the front desk. I said, hey, the key works at the gym, but it doesn't work at my room. And the girl who had been employed there for about 30 minutes goes, I've never seen that before. I said, I haven't either, but it's still the case. And so she calls her manager. Her manager comes over and goes, that can't be the case. And they're like, Mr. Chadwick, we just, we've never seen, or, or that's just so unusual. Let us give you another card. Okay, third time's the charm, that'll be fine. Give me a third card, go back upstairs, and it still doesn't work. Now, here was the concerning point. We were in a small town that had some event going on that weekend, and this was the only room left. So if this room isn't working, Debbie and I are sleeping in the lobby. And so... I'm going down the stairs, and this is what my thought is, because I used to work in the hospitality industry, is that they double book the room, and somebody's in the room, and they've used the, from the inside, they've locked a deadbolt, which means the door won't open. And so I'm like, oh, this is really going to be awkward, like sleeping in the lobby, because there's nowhere else to sleep, or maybe the rental car. I don't know what we're going to do. And I go down there, and the manager goes, are you serious? I'm like, maybe you guys put me in a room that somebody's already in, because I'm, I'm probably like most of you, I offer people unsolicited help. So I'm coming up with every extreme thing I can think of. And she goes, no, that room's empty, Mr. Chadwick. We were just in there earlier today cleaning it. And I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't work. Come to find out, very long story short, the battery, the 10-year battery inside the card reader on the door had quit working. So about an hour later, we were able to get in there. And I just walked in there thinking, man, I just like it when stuff works the first time here's the deal when I left that day and we went and spoke we came back that night I had no confidence that the door was going to work and for the four days that we were there speaking at this church I had no confidence that the door was going to work every time I went to the door I was like I don't know if it's going to work or not I don't know if it's going to work or not. It worked every time, but guess what I didn't have? I didn't have any assurance that the door was going to open. It did, but I wasn't confident in it. And when we were out in town and sometimes we're out late at night talking to people or whatever, I still wasn't confident that the door was going to open. Here's a parallel. In your walk with Christ, if you're not assured of your eternal salvation, you're always going to be questioning whether or not God really loves you and whether or not he, he saved you and whether or not you have a home in heaven prepared for you. 
And many Christians live their entire life, their entire life, wondering if salvation is really going to work. If you're truthful, you've probably felt that. Like, oh, pastor, the other day I had this thought. The other day I did this thing. Three years ago, this happened. 12 years ago, this happened. Decades ago, this happened. Pastor, am I really saved? Well, that's the whole idea of the book of Romans, uh, or not the whole idea of the book of Romans, but Romans chapter 8. Remember we said this, if you could title Romans chapter 8 with one word, Romans chapter 8 would be titled with this word, assurance. And I've titled today's message, Romans 8, verses 14 to 17, The Assuring Work of the Spirit of God. In other words, the Holy Spirit of God assures us of our salvation if we've repented of our sin and trusted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. The Bible says in verse number 13, for if you live after the flesh, just to give you a little bit of background, go to verse number 12. Therefore, brethren, he's talking to believers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh or however you want, you shall die. Doesn't mean you're going to die and spend eternity in hell. It just means you're going to die and suffer the consequence of a life of disobedience. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds uh, of the body, you shall live. If ye through the spirit or through the power of the Holy Spirit do put to death the desires of the body, you shall live. We come to this new paragraph and Paul gives us insight, three beautiful insights into the assurance of salvation by the Holy Spirit. Notice verse number 14, where Paul says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Saved people are, number one, led by the Holy Spirit. Saved people are led by the Holy Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The phrase led by means to be guided by willing to do things based upon the influence of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. We are led by the Holy Spirit. The word spirit is Holy Spirit. And and, and have the quality, the word are is an important word here, as many as are having the quality of being as are led by the Spirit. Are they are the sons of God, those to whom God loves and cherishes as a father. When the Holy Spirit leads you, and guides you and directs you. And this this guidance is born out of a gracious character of God. It is indicative of the reality that you are saved. God's guidance is seen throughout the scripture. God continually guides his people. God regularly guides his people. For they that are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. In the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 13, verse number 19, the Bible says, And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud and led them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from the presence of the people. 
For 40 years, God guided the nation of Israel. A cloud in the day to keep them from the sun and to tell them where to go, primarily to tell them where to go. But the, uh, a beneficial effect of that was also the, 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 the protection from the desert sun and a, and a pillar of fire at night to guide them, to give them light, to give them warmth, warmth. God guides them. And the principles of guidance for the believer today are different, but they are nonetheless clear. God guides his children. He guides you. If you're saved here today, he guides you by his spirit. Now, it may seem at times like there's no guidance, and we're not talking about those temporary moments, but over the long term, we understand this, that God does guide his children. If you're led by the Spirit, verse number 14, of God, for as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. If you like what you've heard so far, check out CanyonRidgeRadio.com. You can see videos and listen to hundreds of Bible messages that will help you in your walk with the Lord. You can also send a message to me and Pastor Chadwick. Check us out at CanyonRidgeRadio.com. Now, back to the message in progress. Some of you here today, your Christian life is comprised of figuring out what the rules are and doing what the rules tell you to do. Come on, somebody say amen here because that's where you live. God says, do this, that's what I'll do. That's what we call, we've, we've given it colloquial terms, but let's give it this one, Phariseeism. Whatever the rule is, that's what I'm willing to do. If God says turn left, then I'll turn left. If he says turn left there, I'll turn left there. If God says to love my wife this way, that's what I'll do. We're really good at taking orders. We're not very good at being led or listening when we're led. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 18 says it this way. But if ye are led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Sometimes people say Christians are just so law-oriented and so they'll use this term erroneously. They're not using it in its correct context, but I think we'll understand it. They are so legalistic. Well, here's the deal. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. If you're led by the Spirit, there's, there's greater things for you. If you're led by the Spirit, life really has just begun. Joy really has just begun. Living by the principles and precepts alone of the Scripture, if I could be so bold as to say this, is kind of immature Christianity. And it's a shame today that in in our country, in our world today, and even in our churches today, it's a shame that so often we think that somebody who just follows the word of God as the greatest of all Christians, and, and, and God says, no, no, the great Christians are the ones who are led by the spirit of God. I want to say a couple things about this. Number one, the Holy Spirit will never lead you to disobey the Bible. 
Let me be very clear here. Some people say, well, the Spirit of God told me to do this. If you say the Spirit of God told you to do something that's not in the Word of God, you've got a different spirit. Because the whole job of the Holy Spirit, John chapter 14, verse number 26, and really that whole passage, is to bring all things to your remembrance that Jesus has said. Jesus said, whatsoever I have told you, he will bring to your remembrance. The job of the Holy Spirit is to point believers back to the Word of God, to obedience to the Word, and then beyond obedience to the word, things that God may have for them. Number one, I want to say the Holy Spirit will never lead you to disobey the Bible. I have foolishly heard people tell me, God's told me it's okay to have sex with my girlfriend. No, God hasn't. Well, the Holy Spirit's fine with it. No, he isn't. Homie, if you're humping your girlfriend, God's not happy. Now, I know some of you are like, I can't believe that was just said in church. I come from the Midwest. They don't know what any of those words mean, even happy. I'm just telling you, the Holy Spirit never gives you an out to disobey the scripture. God told me one time, God, God told me it was okay for me if I, if I didn't tithe for a while. No, the Holy Spirit didn't tell you that. Because that would be the Holy Spirit violating his own word that he inspired. And then he would be double-minded. And then he would be unstable in all of his ways. Because the word of God is given to us through the mouthpiece of the Holy Spirit and the pen of mankind. Number two, the Holy Spirit will ask you to do more than the Bible requires. He will never lead you to do less. The Holy Spirit will ask you to do more than the Bible requires. He will never lead you to do less. He'll never ask you to do less than the Bible asks you to do. He'll never let you disobey the Bible, but he'll never ask you to do less than the Bible tells you to do. He'll never tell you to love your husband less. He'll never tell you to love your wife less. That's just not how the Holy Spirit's going to operate. He's going to always point you to obedience and greater submission to Christ. The Holy Spirit, number three, will lead you to do things others won't. He'll lead you to do some things others won't do. If you walk in the Spirit, there's going to be some times when you might walk alone. He might ask you to give what others aren't asked to give. He might ask you to go where others aren't asked to go. When Debbie and I left Texas and moved out here, the number of Christians that that questioned us and challenged us, are you sure, are you sure, are you sure? Like, hey, the Holy Spirit has told us to go. We're we're, we're being guided by God to go and and to minister in San Diego, California. Are you sure, are you sure, are you sure? And some people said, you'll be there pretty much all by yourself. And I said, yeah, that's that's how it is. And, And sometimes that's how the Holy Spirit moves. He's never going to lead you to disobey the word. He's never asking you to do less than the word. And sometimes he might lead you to do other th- things that others won't. And it doesn't make them bad that they're not doing what he told you to do. And you shouldn't complain that he told you to do something. Well, all my friends are camping on the weekends, Pastor, and, 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 and all of my friends are partying on Saturday night. I feel like I'm all alone. Yeah, sometimes all you have is you and the creator of the universe living inside of you. I'm not making light of that. I'm just saying that sometimes is the reality. In a sin-cursed world, you will walk alone if you walk with Jesus. 
You have the beauty of the local church to come together to encourage you, to equip you, to strengthen you during times. But there are some times when you really are, let's just be candid and honest about it, you are going to walk alone. And people say, well, I don't like being alone. Well, I don't know anybody who really does, but I will remind you that you have a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit inside of you, working to guide you to the person of Jesus Christ. On January 26, 1945, Second Lieutenant Audie L. Murphy was commanding Company B of the 15th Army Regiment, 3rd Infantry Division, near the French village of Holtzweier. When six German tanks and several hundred infantrymen attacked his company, Murphy ordered his men to fall back to a defensive position in the nearby woods while he covered their withdrawal and called down artillery fire on the Germans. The German fire hit an American tank destroyer nearby and set it on fire. Witnesses later recalled that Murphy, a 19-year-old kid from the Midwest, that Murphy jumped on top of the now-destroyed tank destroyer and attack, or, or grabbed the 50 cal on top of the tank destroyer. And while the tank destroyer was burning, Murphy unloaded that machine gun against the enemy. enemy? And he exposed, from his exposed position, he killed 20 German soldiers that were coming to attack his men who were in retreat. He was shot in the leg. He stayed up there for nearly an hour. And after the hour was up, Murphy got off that, went back into the woods, organized his men, and they continued an assault on the Germans that killed another 50 German soldiers and defeated the attack. On April 23rd, 1945, at the age of 19, he received the Medal of Honor for his actions. Through his heroism on January 26th was extraordinary. It was not the first time he had distinguished himself. He had previously received over 20 awards for valor, including the Distinguished Silver Cross, two Silver Star Medals, and two Bronze Bronze Star Medals for valor in Italy and France. He did what others didn't do. He wasn't mad at them for not doing it. He just did what others didn't do. Could I be very candid when I say this, that Murphy is a picture to the rest of us, that the Holy Spirit of God is at times going to lead us to do what other people won't do. You see, the greatest assurance of salvation is when we const- we're constantly being molded by the Holy Spirit of God to be more Christ-like. The expectation when the Spirit of God speaks to you is that you say yes and obey. The expectation is that every time God speaks, you say yes to Jesus. That there's never a time when you don't say yes to Jesus. A fair question to be asked is why then doesn't God speak to me this way? Well, there are two reasons. Who say, Pastor, I'm praying and it seems like God doesn't speak to me. There are two reasons. There might be more, but there's at least these two and they're the most prominent. Number one, we aren't spending time with God. Are you spending time every day with the Lord? You say, I want God to speak to me. Are you spending time every day with the Lord, allowing him to speak to you? Are you prayerfully reading the Bible? Are you allowing God to speak to your heart? We can often get so filled with media and TV, movies, podcasts. We're always calling someone. We're always texting someone that we never allow God to speak to us. I don't know if you've been in a conversation, and this is just a, this is just a young guy who's becoming an older 
middle-aged man who's going to live to be over 100. Did you ever talk to people and they've got a stupid smartwatch on and the whole time you're talking to them, they're checking their watch and they're checking their watch and they're checking their watch, checking their watch. Just telling you, when people do that to me, I shut down. I'm done talking. If the people on your wristwatch are more important to you than the person standing before you, there's a problem. I'm not talking about if you have to do it for work occasionally, but I've seen people in church in the middle of the invitation. They're just just watching in time of contemplation. They're just watching their watch. They're grabbing their phone. I'm just going to be real candid with you. If you're scrolling before church starts to see what's happening on social media, you've probably got a problem. I don't know why God doesn't speak to me. You don't know he's speaking to you or not. You're not listening. I don't mean to be hurtful today, but how can you be led by the Spirit if you don't hear what the Spirit says? I was on a ride-along Friday night. I, 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 I thought I was going to go to a real busy area, but it was actually kind of slow. PB was slow on Friday night. There was a big event that went up, not a big event. There was a big crime scene that happened and, and we we're, we're just rolling code to that crime scene. Rolling code means lights and sirens. And we're, we're going down the freeway at a rate that, you know, Debbie drives on the way to church. And scary, scary. And so we're, we're, we're flying down the freeway and um, we're getting behind people with lights and sirens and horns that deaf people can hear. And they, they don't hear us. We have to go around them with lights and sirens. Why? Because they're not attentive to their surroundings. And that's how a lot of Christians live their Christian life. God's not speaking to me, and he's got lights and sirens going on behind you, and you're listening to everything on your phone. You're watching everything on your screen. You're talking to everyone all the time. And from the moment that you wake up to the moment you go to bed, you're almost never silent, and you're never in a place of solitude where you can hear from God. You've been listening to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick. Tune in next week as Pastor Chadwick continues this powerful message on knowing how you can be in heaven with Jesus. Before we go, if you have any questions about what it means to be a Christian and how to go to heaven after you die, we invite you to visit our website, canyonridgeradio.com, for more information. We hope this episode of Canyon Ridge Radio has been an encouragement to you. Canyon Ridge Baptist Church is a growing church located in beautiful San Diego, California. If you're in the San Diego area, make plans to visit us this Sunday at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 5 o'clock p.m. at 6866 Linda Vista Road. For more information about our church, our pastor, or how to know Jesus as your Savior, visit our website at canyonridgeradio.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.